Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast. This is 1093B. The Bs are always guests. And this one was a suggestion on we get someone to talk about testing and home testing based on the home testing increase that COVID-19 is associated with. Um, Before we get to our guest, I should remind you that we are sponsored by bovine colostrum makers of it, or the, I guess the, the people who collect it, purify it, and put it into pill form for us. Um, lifesfirstnaturals.com, lifesfirstnaturals.com. You can see their randomized controlled double-blind studies for reducing the effects of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs on the gut um, that are well-characterized. So if you take baby aspirin or you take um, any non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, in addition to taking them with plenty of water, which we hope you do, consider and talk to your physician about taking them with bovine colostrum. You can find out and you can have your physician or practitioner find out more about it at lifesfirstnaturals.com. Today's guest, as I said, is going to talk to us about testing um, that goes beyond testing at at home and all the specifics of it and how you should think about it. Um, Her name is Sandra Lee, and she's from njlabs.com, the njlabs for newjerseylabs.com, and they also have a new product on ticks, so you can get to that at ticksure.com. Sandra, thank you very much for coming on, if I may use the familial and uh, tell us a little bit about um, what's happened in home testing. Has it has the perception of it gone up, and is the is the FDA allowing more of it because of uh, COVID nineteen? More of it in other areas. Thank you for the introduction, and thank you for having me. I wanted to talk a little bit about our kit that we do have that you had mentioned. Um, What it is, is just like everyone's become aware of the rapid kit test, as well as the PCR testing during this pandemic, we have a kit that is a kit uh, ticks collection sample. Um, What it does is if you do find a tick on your body or your loved one or your pet, everything is there for you for appropriate sample collection and to send it to a laboratory for testing. Um, What happens is that there's many, this is like the time for everyone who wants to go outside. And when you're outside, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go into the woods to have a little hitchhiker bug called a tick, um, get onto your clothes or into your body. It can be just right in your front yard, unfortunately, at this time um, with the rainy season. So, so Sandra, Sandra, let's talk about testing in general first, if I can, with you. Um, so has testing increased or is that just our perception that home testing has increased? No, it's it's definitely it's definitely been around, but it has increased even more with the awareness of everyone going through this pandemic together. Um, people have become more aware of kids. And how much has it 
Um, how much has it increased? Is there any quantitation on that? I don't have exact numbers, but I know for a fact that testing has increased year in, year out because of regulations having stepped in. Um, everyone thinks that there's not a lot of regulatory bodies governing supplement testing or COVID testing or anything like that, but FDA is very involved, very much so. And each year they're coming out with better ways to audit, inspect, set guidelines, making sure that there's accuracy and specifications and testing. So it's changing, it's constantly changing and improving. And in that tick kit you mentioned, is this a blood test or do you spit into it or how, or do you put a Q-tip or a cotton-based applicator tip up your nose? What do you do for that test? Oh, it's, it's, it's different from the COVID test that we are used to. So you're not actually putting in any sample from your body except for the tick that you find on your body. If you've been bit by one, you're putting it in the sample collection kit in order to send it to a laboratory for testing. So we're not collecting body and samples. And when the laboratory, when, when the laboratory gets that part of the tick or the tick, and again, the way you get that out um, is to try and get something underneath it and kind of pull it upwards. Is that correct? Yes. We highly recommend using tweezers, but not the kind that everyone may be familiar with, not the eyebrow plucking makeup tweezers because they have very sharp pointy edges. You want kind of a strong tweezer that has a flat ridge uh, space at the tip so you can grab and secure the tick a little bit easier. So you can do that and pull it out as gently as possible because you don't want to break the tick as much as possible into multiple pieces. You want to send it in for testing in one piece as much as possible. It does not have to be alive uh, for sure. And if it's in pieces, it's okay. But the base, the what we want to and, emphasize and when is it gets there, what, And when it gets there, what do you do with it? So when you remove the tick, and we definitely have videos of this on tickshore.com and how to remove it safely, you want to place it in a baggie or a container where it can't get lost and add a little bit of moist uh, cotton swab in it to make sure the tick doesn't get too hard. Again, it does not have to be alive as long as it stays a little bit of moist. So when we actually extract the DNA from the blood from the tick, um, it's not hard for us to open the tick. So what you're doing is so once you it, find it. So what you're doing is making sure that um, you, if if you will, um, know that the tick was really a tick. In other words, this is to document that the tick. Now, do you look at the, is the tick carrying the causative agent in Lyme disease? Do you measure that as well, or is that not doable? No, it definitely is doable. That's what we do is first we want to identify the tick because there's different types of ticks and different ty ticks carry different types of diseases. The pathogen that can transmit the disease to the human or to a pet. So the first important thing is to identify the tick, make sure that we know what we're looking at. Then there are specific diseases to test for, and we're using primers or what we call standards, reference standards, something to compare it to, to make sure it truly is Lyme. It truly is uh, babesiosis. You know, the specific pathogen that we're looking for can 
accurately be identified. And so what do you do, how do you report if it was a tick, but you didn't find any of the active agent for Lyme disease? So the one thing that people um, should be aware of is when you get results, on a certificate of analysis, it should have your name. It should be identified. The tick should have an identification, um, meaning it's a deer tick or a Rocky Mountain tick. Um, it should definitely be identified. And then the list of associated pathogens or microorganisms that could transmit these diseases should be listed. Once it's listed, there should be a result next to it, detected, not detected, pass or fail. Um, that should be very clearly written on the result for the users, for, for consumers to have results so they have all the information that they need in the event they are bitten and they go see a doctor. And now, um, how, how do they get the test kit and um, how much is it and how fast do they get results? So all of the information is on our website, tickshore.com, including pictures of the ticks, the types of diseases they could possibly transmit, carry and transmit to others, as well as the cost and um, how fast the turnaround time could be is up to two days once we receive it in-house. And now in that two-day period, should they have gone, should they go to their physician in the meantime or urgent care center and... Uh, if they feel pretty confident it's a tick, they've taken a picture of it, it matches up, and while they've sent it to you, should they at that time already start um, the antibiotic treatment, or what do you advise um, people to do? So since we're not a medical clinic, we always advise users or people to go and see a doctor, because a doc, your primary physician should know best for your primary care. Um, we do recommend that you can take pictures. You can call us and say, hey, we sent you a tick. Can you at least identify it? We can't send results over the phone. It'll be by email, but we can at least kind of guide you in that aspect. So we always recommend that you go see a doctor because symptoms may not show up to eight weeks. And when a tick bites you, um, they kind of numb the bite site. So you may not even know how long the tick has been on your body if you're not carefully inspecting yourself once you come in from the outside. Um, so you always want to be safe, and it's always better to be safe in this case in particular because Lyme disease is not uh, its not an illness to take lightly. It's going to, once you have it, it's going to affect you for the rest of your life to a point that it kind of represents paralysis, Parkinson's disease that people are familiar with, uh, fatigue, headaches, fever, and it can resemble other illnesses. So it can be hidden behind, you know, everyone thinks like COVID is the most prevalent right now, but you can have other diseases that have similar symptoms. So since we don't know, it's always best to consult with your doctor. I've been talking with Sandra Lee, who is um, from the New Jersey Lab, njlab.com, njlabs.com, um, as well as their new product um, that is a consumer-based test of ticksure.com, t-i-c-k-s-u-r-e.com, um, about home testing and the new test on Lyme disease, which is prevalent in 
the Northeast and increasing prevalence in the Mid-Atlantic region as we speak. Is it also out West? Yes, there is ticks um, can be in different regions of the U.S. One thing that people are becoming more aware of is you could travel, for example, to New York and go hiking or go out in to the park, um, enjoying time with your family. And you can get bit and not know it and bring it back to other states where it may not be so prevalent and doctors may be a little confused at how to treat that. But keep in mind that diseases can carry no matter where you are, especially if everyone is traveling at this time too. Thanks very much, Sandra. Thank you, um, Caitlin. Remember, go to our sponsor's website, even if you don't do anything or buy anything, but learn about bovine colostrum. So if you someday go on uh, baby aspirin or someday decide you need non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs for pain, or someday decide you wanna over-exercise um, and decrease the bloating and bowel problems that occur from those, um, you'll have background on bovine colostrum or your practitioner will. Um, bovine colostrum is the product, two grams a day is what many take routinely. Um, it's at lifesfirstnaturals.com, randomized double blind controlled trials. Um, thank you for downloading us uh, again. This is 1093B. You can always ask us questions at info at greatagereboot.com, info at greatagereboot.com. And by the way, um, Sandra, if you want to find out more information about um, testing, she has a podcast called Going Beyond Testing Podcast, Going Beyond Testing. Thanks again. We'll be back next week.